seem to scare you. Glad I'm not scaring you anymore. It's because you're coming hot, man. Too hot sometimes, you know. It's radio. It's what we get. I got that from the radio side of me. Uh, okay, That's what we okay. do. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, LRPD Sworn Identity. Uh, today, great guest. We uh, we're going to talk about patrol and uh, just the grind of patrol because I don't think people understand, you know. Um, you know, the things that go into a patrol, how officers decide, you know, where they're going to go, what district you're going to be working in. Uh, and today we're going to have Assistant Chief Andre Dyer, who's actually going to tell us his expectations because he's over. Uh, sir, if you're not, if you don't mind, you're over patrol. So that's that's your uh, specialty. I am. I've uh, <laughs> I've been here for quite a few years and most of my career has been in field services. Right. So. I do have quite quite a bit of an understanding of how things should be done and how things should be run. For people who don't know you, tell them who you are, born and raised. I know you went to UCA. We won't hold that against you, me being a Henderson State grad. But hey, yeah, and all, you know. us always, you always having to lose <laughs> to us in every sport. Um, my, as you said earlier, my name is Andre Dyer. Mm-hmm. I'm an old niner, as Chief Helton likes to say. I, I did grow up in Southwest Little Rock. A proud graduate of McClellan High School, uh, went on to. Uh, uh, you can put, say it. I went on we to play ball at UCA. We, we won't uh, hold it against you. <laughs> uh, uh, graduated from there and, and left there and came directly to the police department. And so, uh, so growing up in the police department, you, you know, patrol was part of it. Um, and I asked Tino to tell us, you know, as a patrol, what what is, what exactly for for those officers that come in. Whatever the shift is, you know, what's the first thing that's done? So so before we get to that, let me backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. Chief, when did you start with the department? I started in 1995. 95, okay. 95. I was two years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just wondering. I was like, okay. Because okay. okay. I know Mark was saying he graduated high school in, was 89? 89, 89, that's right. 89, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't even, yeah, I, I wouldn't well, even thought about it yet. About <laughs> nope. Parents were still having fun partying. Yeah, they were. So, okay. Anyway, I, I just want to kind of see when uh, when you started. So, But okay, so yeah, so typically on patrol, you know, mm-hmm. um, when you go to your shift, uh, whether it's morning shift, 30 to 11 shift, or midnight shift, you show up to the substation, you know, you do line up. That's where your supervisor gives you your, um, your district. Um, and, of course, depending on staffing levels, it uh, – can fluctuate every day, you know, what you work. Uh, and then typically after lining up, you get your equipment, load your vehicle up, and then um, depending on the call load for that, the time you come in, mm-hmm. if uh, you got, pl- like, quite a few calls pending, then typically you start answering calls from there. If there's not very many calls holding, usually, you know, uh, if one or two go out, you know, those free officers, usually what they'll do is they'll, they'll start patrolling neighborhoods, mm-hmm. streets. Uh, some, if it's the morning shift, they like to go out and get their coffee, you know, or they'll go get a drink or something like that just to uh, get their day started. But for the most part, like I said, it depends on the call load is whether you start taking calls off the bat right. or if you have a little free time to kind of drive around neighborhoods and be a presence. So uh, speaking of being a presence, we know, Chief, that's what you want. You want a huge presence. Absolutely. <laughs> because it, it's about the product, right? Right. So he, uh, Tolentino is correct. We, we do want officers to come in. Uh, kind of get a feel for what's going on. But we want, uh, most of the time, we try to make sure that the officers that are assigned these districts mm-hmm. are assigned the same district day in and day out, right. all four or five days that they may be here. And the reason behind that is the community aspect. 
Uh, we want to make sure that not only the officer knows the area very well that they're assigned to, but they also I also want the community members uh, in the area that the officer is assigned to to become very familiar with the officer that's working that area because you know it used to be you ride around with your windows up and you 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 go and you you respond to calls as they come in. Uh, now it's more of a get out of the car, uh, make contact with community members, whether they're out cutting their grass, maybe gardening or whatever the case may be, even if they're having a barbecue in the backyard. You just want people out Get talking. Out, roll up, <laughs> throw some bones <laughs> if necessary for a little while, as long as the call load is not too heavy. Right. Just become a community member yourself. Right. So since you've been here, you said you were, uh, uh, I think you, 95? 95. Since so since you've been here, how has patrol changed? I mean, I, I think we had Chief Helton on. He talked about a, uh, what kind of phone was it? He said like a, a dictaphone, dictaphone or, or something you used to like call that. It in. It's, it's crazy. How has patrol changed since you started? Well, it, it's it's changed a great deal because mm-hmm. of the responsibility. Right. Uh, like I said, it's <laughs> it's just a different climate. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you start talking about we used to tell stories about officers pulling up, and if it was a big fight going on, you could get out, rack the shotgun, and all of a sudden <laughs> everything stopped. Right. Uh, time standing stills. And, and in some situations it was like that. Right. Uh, now you get out and rack a shotgun, per se, <laughs> if you still have those, yeah. and everybody else going to get out, turn around with their AR-47. Yeah, man, so, it's a different time. Uh, Patrolling has changed uh, because the climate has changed. Mm-hmm. And the way that we do things, we're more community-oriented now uh, to where we don't want to be uh, invisible, even if we are visible. Uh, we want everybody to feel comfortable with making contact with us uh, for what, for any reason, not just when something bad happens. Uh, but we want to know when your kid's birthday party is so maybe we can stop by and say hello. Get some uh, cake. Big time. <laughs> uh, get ice cream. You got to have it. Yeah. And Kool-Aid. Don't <laughs> <laughs> Tino don't know what Kool-Aid is, Tino. Yeah, you, 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 I, I had some. Yeah, it's a Kool-Aid, Tino. You know, you you 93. Yeah, you were well, born. It was pro- it's probably already in a bottle, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we know our patrols changed a little bit. There's three divisions, the, the Northwest Division. There's uh, Southwest and and uh, 12th Street downtown. So when you come in, a typical day for you, you want to know that these people have been to these communities on a daily basis. So so talk about a typical day coming in, what you're checking for, what you're looking for, for those people. And, and we show up at the, um, at the community meeting, so you hear from people. You know what the community is asking for. Uh, well, a lot of times I want the officer to be focused. I want to make sure that the focus is in the right place. I want to make sure we have those parameters in place to where, um, for whatever comes up, we have an answer for. I've I always had um, th- this deal in my head to where it would irk me beyond measure mm-hmm. when somebody comes into a precinct and they have an issue and make contact with an officer, and an officer say to them, well, there's nothing we can do. Uh, you'll never say that to another <laughs> citizen again. <laughs> There's always something we can do. Right. It just depends on how far the officer want to go. So one of the things that I look at is making sure that we have districts filled, make mm-hmm. sure that we have the staffing out that we need necessary to respond to any type of incident, and make sure that the officers 
understand their their value and their self self worth. So Man. when an officer does something good out on the block, whether it's help a person across the street uh, go in and and deal with a community member for whatever reason, uh, making sure that a child gets up and goes to school because they're kind of being defiant to the parent, just <clears throat> any type things we make sure that we acknowledge from the from the chief's office, right. uh, so that officer will feel appreciated. Speaking of, I was going to ask about morale. What are some of the challenges that you face now? I know everybody, uh, Chief Elton talked about, everybody's facing uh, challenges with, with with becoming new officers and some of the challenges that people face uh, on patrol. Like I said, everyone, um, it just seems like this day and age, there's a huge disconnect in actually what it means to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. A lot of people come in with that TV show mentality, believing that what you see on TV is what actually happens out here mm-hmm. in the real world. And that is as far-fetched, uh, far from the truth as, as anything. Um, the things, that the challenges are we don't go out and shoot up a complete city, right. and there's no repercussions to that. Oof. Everything that we do is going to be videoed. Everything that we do, we have to answer for. Everything that we do, we have to try to help clean up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one incident may hold you for five or six hours, depending on the type of incident that it is. Mm. So when you see those things, and some officers or some people want to become officers because of what they see on television. And we got to make sure that people understand coming into this profession, uh, it is nothing like (laughs) what you see on TV because everybody that's on television, their pants are skin tight, mm-hmm. <laughs> that you very rarely see people with vests on and things like that. There's really no, there's no need of, that. there's no mindset of the dangers that go with the job. Right. And you have 3,000 rounds of ammo in one <laughs> gun uh, at the same time, so you don't ever have to worry about reloading. Re- reloading, so, yeah, um, that's, that's definitely television. You know, yes. and, 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 and I'll add to what, uh, what Chief Dyer said was, you know, when I first, like, before I became a cop watching, you know, the TV and all that, I thought that police officers ran code three, which is lights and sirens, to every call that that went out. For, I, I don't know. They don't just do that? Cause, just because on TV, that's what I saw. That's yeah. what I did. So I was like, yeah, that, that's kind of cool. Like, I'm going to enjoy being an officer because I'm going to do this every time. Right. Once I started working, I was like, whoa, like, they don't really hardly ever do that. It's only on, like, the most, like, high-priority calls that we actually run code two, yeah. you know, because – with running code, lights and sirens, it's not just of hey, let's get there as fast as we can and let's have fun with it. It's, it's you gotta be, you know watch out for your safety, uh, other driver safeties, pedestrian safety. I mean, there's a lot more factors to just running fast and lights and sirens on. You know, and like I said, and like he said, before you become and do this job, you just see what's on TV. So that's what right. you think is what happens every day here, but right. it's not at all. And remember, here's something that I found out just since I've been here working. You know, people say police officers want to shoot guns and shoot. Man, do you realize when a police officer's gun is discharged? You know, do you know how much goes into that? What happens to that officer? Just briefly describe. Well, outside of the protocol that we must follow, Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to get into, there is a lot of things that go into firing a gun, a weapon, even whether it's at an animal Mm -hmm. or at a human being. And one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm extremely proud of is that I've been here for a long time, since Pluto was a pup. <laughs> and, and, you know, they retired him a long time ago. 
And I must say that I've had to discharge my weapon maybe once, mm-hmm. twice uh, at all. Right. Um, and so I'm very proud of that because the one thing that I always make, I want people to understand is that when you fire a round, you can't rechamber that round. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't catch it and put it back in the gun. Yep. Uh, so you have to be extremely sure about what you're doing and why you're doing it and be able to articulate those things. So uh, that part of what we do is the one part that no officer really want to be placed in a predicament uh, of having to do. So tell me quickly, what, 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 do, you, what do you envision – because I, I've been in a meeting, so I've heard you say, man, I w- we need to make sure we're out and engaging, you know. Uh, so what is your expectations for officers when they're out and about? Well, uh, you know, right now we're, we're reading something. It's called Extreme Ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great book. And one of the things that I've always envisioned for the police department and one of the things that I've lived on throughout my career and coming up through the ranks is to put the absolute best product on the streets that we can possibly place on the streets when it comes to the officers that we're placing mm-hmm. on the streets to respond when a community member has to call for our assistance. Right. So in order for us to do that, we must have complete buy-in from everybody within the police department. And I think that that's happening now more so than it's ever happened before. So we want people to be well-rounded. We don't want you to be, uh, uh, we don't want you to only believe if you're in patrol, that that's one of the only things that you can do. We want a, an officer to be able to put a case file together, which a detective would normally do. Mm-hmm. We want a detective to understand that you can always get back in that blue suit and go out here and stop a car or, or ride around in patrol. We want people to understand that there are uh, levels that each and every one of us aspire to get to, and in order to do those things, you must be well-rounded. So I envision the police department continuously growing mm-hmm. and us taking this uh, this knowledge that we ha- that we've gained over the years mm-hmm. and just kind of pushing that out down sideways up however you want to <laughs> do it but it's the product that's most yeah. important so we don't want to put a bad product out on the streets therefore we must do our due diligence in mm-hmm. making sure that we are giving all the proper training that's necessary for officers to do the best job possible and for those people out there, you know, we talked to Chief Helton about this, um, just communication. Since you started communication, just how we get information out, completely different now. That Just talk briefly about the changes about when you first started, how things happened. And I think now we're just social media and everything. Oh, so. yeah. We, we got messaged by Pigeon. Um, (laughs) it was very difficult to communicate you really didn't communicate a lot with your supervisors unless Mm -hmm. you were in trouble for something right uh, and or you were coming in to bring in reports for them to sign Mm -hmm. now uh, from the chief's uh, front door down uh, there's an open door policy we allow people to come in and talk to us Uh, we want to know what's going on out there we may get out and go to precincts when we see officers out on the street we have to remind them that we were once in their shoes, even though you tend not to believe that <laughs> someone like a Tarantino that has never seen me as an officer. Right. I've always been in the supervisory mm-hmm. role since he's been with the department. So yeah. it's hard for people to fathom that or understand that I was in those shoes at one point in time. I, I remember. Yeah. So <laughs> um, those are some of the things that I, I think are very important yeah. to push this department forward. 
All right, Chief, thanks for coming in, man. I know you're busy. Uh, we appreciate you coming in, sharing a little time, breaking it down a little bit for us. Next time, next time I'm going to break out the vocals. Uh, <laughs> you going to sing a little. Let's hear a little real quick. I'm going to break them out. No. <laughs> Sound like a singer. <laughs> and on that note, let's, we definitely want to close the show yeah. out. Hey, for those of you out there, if you want to uh, email us any questions, concerns, uh, LRPD sworn identity at gmail.com. We'll take your emails. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure you hit us up. And with that being said, we'll see you next time.